This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. Splash Refresher spices up my daily water intake by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Every Splash Refresher flavor is delicious, bright, flavorful, and zero calories. I don't waste time on flavorless water I don't enjoy. I just drink Splash and I like it. My favorite flavor is the lemon. It really does taste like lemonade. My favorite is the mandarin orange flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Hello and welcome to Childproof by Betches Media. I'm Tori Phantom. And I'm Gwena Lakeman. Childproof is a podcast dedicated to the parents who shamelessly use the broom to sweep up Legos in tiny doll shoes. And just to shamelessly toss them into the trash because there's plenty more where those came from. Yeah, I sweep the dust pile and then I announce, take what you want out now or it's gone forever. I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, I just throw them in the trash, especially if they're the little tiny like single bricks. Nah, they're yeah. just they're oh, gone. Yeah. yeah, those ones aren't worth keeping. <laughs> However, we do need to start the timer. So did I tell you what happened the other night? Probably, but I didn't pay attention. I don't blame you. I talk a lot. (laughs) The other night, my kid wanted to stay up late. And she is the one I have to keep on a very specific schedule because she takes two hours to wind down. But my partner got the new Zelda game and she was doing the reading, making all these silly voices for all the different characters. And I was like, okay, you guys are cute and bonding. It's fine. But nine o'clock rolls around and I'm like, it's time for bed. And that's when the two hours started. Okay. It doesn't. Okay. And so eventually I got to the point, I'm like, I am tired. Honestly, like if you just want to come and hang out in my bed, we'll watch a movie. That's fine. We could do that. And so I went to like do my bedtime routine. I walk back in my room and there my child is lounging on my bed, hands behind her head. And she goes, care for a drink, my lady. (laughs) I was like, where did you hear that? (laughs) Like, Where did you? And she's like, (laughs) just such a weird thing and I was like where did you hear that she's like I don't know and I'm like yes you do you heard that somewhere that didn't just come out of your head like it was YouTube clearly it was YouTube which is just a Mm -hmm. point of contention in our house anyway because I'm very particular about what they're allowed to watch and I think because I had asked it in such a way she felt like defensive like yeah and I don't know and I'm like just like tell me where you heard it like you're not in trouble (laughs) Mm -hmm. and Then we had to have this whole discussion about how, like, I don't know, like, if you do know and you tell me you don't know, it's lying. And if you're lying Mm -hmm. to me, that's going to make it hard to trust you. And then when you are telling the truth. But if you don't know and you do, it's really, you really don't know. Like, that's okay. You really don't know. But if you're saying, I don't know when you do know, then how am I supposed to know when your I don't know is real, you see, because mm-hmm. it's a trust thing. So yeah, let's let's tell the truth, m'lady. <laughs> see, I that is something that I have forever struggled with is not just the lying, but the I don't know. Like, I don't know is a full, complete and valid answer. Yeah. I don't know a lot of stuff. Right. And I want my kids to know that I don't know everything. I want my kids to feel safe saying, I don't know. Right. But that's also an avoidant answer because they do know. They do know and they don't like that they know, or they do know, but they forgot because in the moment that it was asked, you get it every time. Or they do know and they don't want to tell you. Well, no, you do it all the time. Like, yeah. um, I ask you a question, and your response to me was like, I have never had a thought in my brain. Yeah. 
It's a weird it's thing my brain does because I'll know the answer. But because you asked me in a very direct way, my brain is like, <laughs> you don't know anything. Actually, yeah. it's all gone now. <laughs> but I don't know is a valid answer. Like I will accept it as an answer. But there is often a caveat of like, but let's figure it out. Yes. Every time. OK, you don't know. Let's figure it out. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes they really don't know. Yes. Yes. I they, my kids hear that all the time. OK, you don't know. Let's figure it out. I mean, to the point that Abby at this point, if she says, I don't know, and I like start to take that intake breath of let's figure it. I know, mom, I'm going to figure it out. Give me a sec. (laughs) It goes both ways, though, right? Because my my oldest kid is teaching herself animation and she one day comes to me and she's like, mom, I really want to figure this out. How does this thing work? And I looked at her and I said, darling, I don't know. I said, when you were younger, most things that you were interested in, I had some sort of knowledge on. It was easily accessible in a way that I understood. But you are now at a point that you know more about this thing than I do. So while I can't find the answers to your questions, what I can do is help you find resources to find them yourself. And then you can teach me about it. But I don't know this one. And I think there's, it's like an empowering thing to teach your kids that they don't have to pretend to know something to be smart enough to be valid in that conversation. Like saying, I don't know, is giving you an opportunity to learn something new. Yeah. I very much grew up with my mom didn't feel like it was safe to let me know that she didn't know something. Now, if I was asking obscure facts about volcanoes, that was absolutely fine. But if I ask something more impactful, like why do we have crosswalks? And she didn't know like why we had crosswalks, which obviously my mom knows why we had crosswalks, but I failed to think of a valid example in the amount of time that I had to think about it. You didn't know. I didn't know. My mom always felt like it was unsafe if she gave me the impression that she didn't know stuff, especially important stuff. Right. What that meant was I expected her to know all the stuff. So when my when my oldest got to the point that her interest diverged so heavily from mine, I started having to, babe, I don't know how to fix this issue you're having because I don't even know how to do what you're doing. I've taken you to lessons or practices or like other people. There's a reason I'm not the one teaching you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to solve this particular thing. And it was a very much a departure from how I was raised because my mom never said, I don't know. On yeah. big stuff. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing too, when it comes to saying, I don't know, as a parent, there have been situations with my kids where something happens and I'm like, there needs to be a consequence here. I am frustrated and I will tell my kid, listen, this is my first time parenting a 10 year old and I don't know how I'm supposed to handle this. So I need a few minutes to think about this and to figure this out because I want to make sure that I'm making a good decision that feels right. And I don't know right now. So if I just impulsively make a choice, that might not be the best one. So I need some time to think about it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and sometimes the thinking about it, the weight they endure while you think about it forces them to think about it. Yeah. And by the time you get to the back to that conversation, you're like, you know what? Did you think about it? Yeah, I had some thoughts. Okay. I thought about it too. And that's it. Right. That's where it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's just a conversation, but that 
I don't know. Okay, let's figure it out. It's like, well, why are you so angry about this? I don't know. Okay, sometimes we get really mad and we're not really sure why, but there is a reason that we can identify and then we can cope with that or we can avoid that trigger. These are all great conversations to have, but it's when the I don't know is clearly a lie. That's where I'm not a big fan of it. Like, I don't know. I think you do. I think you do. In our house, we routinely have this this saying of the impulse control of a four-year-old because there's no impulse control. And so sometimes that means when you confront your kid, why did you destroy the entire Squishmallow? Why did you pull out all of the Squishmallow's guts? I don't know. Sometimes that's the full stop. The thought occurred to them. The action was available to them. They did it and they have no idea what compelled them to do that. Sometimes I don't know is the full experience. They don't know why they eviscerated the Squishmallow. Right, right. And and that is a different conversation because, okay, you don't know, but why was this a bad idea? What is the consequence of your action? You don't know why you did it, but why shouldn't you do it again in the future? Let's let's unpack that part of the conversation. Did you know that you should not have done that? Did that thought occur to you even the one time yeah. that, no, I'm not allowed to remove the stuffing from the Squishmallow? And chances are pretty great. No, it did not occur to them in because the, that's impulse control. That's that prefrontal cortex that is not yet online that controls all of those narratives, all of those conversations. But yeah, the, I don't know for lying though. I, I struggle. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you're on the move. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash childproof. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash childproof. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It's targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. We love to see it. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash childproof. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash childproof. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. Shape your life with Honey Love. If you're a wine lover, I'm going to let you in on a little secret for finding your new favorite wines. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive of perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your wine preferences that are as unique as you are. To start, I answered a few quick questions on their website about what flavors I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé. Based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored, so I get more of what I enjoy. 
I really love how First Leaf tailors to my needs, and I really like cooking with wine, so I found so many different flavor profiles to include through First Leaf. Besides the great wines, the best part of the First Leaf Wine Club is the perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge and can choose when and how often I want my box delivered. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash childproof to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash childproof. Tryfirstleaf.com slash childproof. Lying is, it doesn't bother me as much as I think it bothers some people. And I think that could just be, because we've talked about this, right? Like we have similar values in parenting. We are very similar people. However, at our core, we operate in the world totally differently. We have different experiences, different levels of patience. And I think that that's where lying, I just have a different way of viewing it. But I also have not run into malicious lying as of yet in parenting. So the lies that are told in my house are not typically a big deal. See, and I am triggered by lying. Lying is one of the things that will send me straight into a potential red zone reaction. Now I'm getting much better about it because I learned some things about lying. Um, I am an information gatherer and the more information I have about a thing, the less likely it is to trigger me, the less likely it is to, to push me over. So really, I think my biggest trigger is not knowing. When I say that I'm getting triggered by lying, it's because I don't know what the truth is. When I say that I'm getting triggered by being ignored, it's because I don't know what they're doing instead of responding. That so, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the not knowing that triggers me and it just manifests in a whole bunch of different ways. Now, that's not my only triggers, but that's a couple of examples. But I will still flip out if I catch my kids in a lie, especially a carefully crafted premeditated lie. Really? Like they, they, they knew, they knew they were going to get in trouble and they tried to hide it and they're kids. So they suck at it. Right. So I was pretty, pretty quickly and easily able to ascertain that's not at all what happened. So let's yeah. try again, shall right. we? Right. So here's my thing. I get, I get two things to say here. Okay. Number one, the line being triggering. I, I understand it. I'm not dismissing that at all. But it's one of those things that I've always found like fascinating when it comes to the way parents perceive lying. Because have you ever had your kid come up to you and tell you some outlandish story about like some fairies in their closet or their imaginary friend? They're making something up. That's a lie. At its core, it's a lie. They've made it up. And so I kind of keep that in my head with it, right? Because there are lies that we are okay with. And and there are lies that we tell our kids. And lying is such a nuanced topic. And so it's finding the areas of the lies that we're not cool with and being able to communicate that boundary to them. And then when they do lie, I, I, I'm i pretty good at telling because, again, kids are really bad at lying, <laughs> But, but when I see chocolate milk powder across the table and I see the milk on the floor, like the jug just sitting on the floor in a cup tipped over and I walk into that room and I think someone might lie about this, right? Because my kids are pretty good at cleaning up their messes, but there is also a threshold where that mess looks really overwhelming and they're like, abandon ship, abandon ship. And at that point, 
okay, I can look at this and feel like if I ask my kid what happened, am I going to get the truth? Maybe not. So instead, I'll grab the kid. Hey, I see that this is here. Were you trying to do this? What what actually happened here, right? Because now I'm like, tell me the story of what happened. But I'm posing that question in a way that is hopefully softening the blow of like, clearly, I'm not upset while I'm asking about this. It is coming from a point of curiosity, not a point of contention. And I think that that tone also influences how they're going to respond. Well, and I think it's important to, so here's what I learned. I learned that there are four very distinct ways or reasons someone feels compelled to lie. So first of all, humans lie. Yes. We have been lying since we figured out how to vibrate our vocal cords in meaningful manners. It's actually a, like science says that it is an important, it's like a milestone for children. When they start lying, it's like, oh, their brain is more on. That's a good thing. It's a good, look at them. They're lying. Hooray. They're aging. (laughs) And we lie all the time. I routinely lie nicely to human beings. If I walk into a store and I see someone in an outfit that I could never, I could never, but I look at them and they are feeling themselves. They are in their groove. They're in their vibe. I'm like, you know what? You look amazing. Do I think they look amazing? Absolutely not. I think they look like a bag of autumn leaves exploded on them. But that's not what's important. What's important is I supported a human being feeling themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So now everyone who ever sees me and I give them a compliment, do they think I look like hot garbage? No. (laughs) See, I, I compliment people all the time, but I will specifically find something that like, I actually do really like, and I remember one time I complimented someone on their lipstick because I just really liked the color and it was just, it just came, I was like, I really like this. And I do it so often that my kids have started just complimenting everyone, but they have the same compliment. Like we'll be in the drive-through window and they'll roll the back window down and whoever is in the drive-through window, no matter what they look like, they're like, I like your hair. (laughs) I like your hair. Mom, tell them I like their hair. Okay. It's always there. <laughs> that that person is bald, but okay. So no, there there are four distinct reasons humans are compelled to lie. The first is to avoid responsibility, consequence, or fallout. That's a defensive lie. The next is to protect the feelings or perceived well-being of the person asking. That's an altruistic lie. Next is to conceal a misunderstanding or confusion around an event. They misconstrued instructions. They missed a step. That's a protective lie. And the last is feeling pressured to provide information, solutions, or answers. That's a compelled lie. Technically, there's like a a fifth one, but it relates to very small children and some neurodiverse people. And it's a disconnection or an altered memory, which they cannot distinguish between fact or fiction. So that's a creative or or an absent lie. They lied, yes, but that's because in their head, something very specific happened that gave them permission or set a series of events in motion. So yes, it's a lie, but then it's not quite a lie because they were missing some information or their brain fabricated some information. So you explaining these different types of lies actually just gave me a thought, okay, about two specific types of lies that I think we often run into with children. And that first one is the defensive lie. And as you describe that, what I see come up in that is guilt, 
right? They're lying because they feel guilty because kids have a moral compass. And so if they make a mistake, if they mess something up, if they broke something that belongs to you, there's guilt and they're lying because number one, like I don't want to get in trouble, but also they feel bad. And so they don't want to admit to it. And then the other one, the protective lie, what I see is shame because I misunderstood what you wanted me to do and I did it wrong. Uh, And there's shame because sometimes we feel ashamed of not knowing things. And I think that those two emotions are tied to that type of lie. The desire to lie, right. Yeah. So in the case of defensive lies, I default to we're moving straight to consequences. Every time. Yeah. Okay. Every time we're moving straight into consequences. Now, they may not be harsh consequences. I may not be angry while I, while I dole them out. But in the case of a defensive lie, even if there's guilt involved, there is there was a point at which their brains went, oh, wasn't supposed to do it that way or was supposed to do it that way. Something went wrong. Defend, defend, defend. Mm-hmm. No, we're, we're moving into consequences. What type of consequences might you have for that? It completely depends on what they were lying about. So I try to be really clear that we're not punishing for the lies in a defensive lie. We're punishing for whatever mistake mm-hmm. was made that led to the lying. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So we're going to discuss the lying. We're going to discuss that lying lengthened this whole process. Lying made it difficult to trust you and to understand what actually happened. Lying is a big problem. We're, our consequence is going to be the dishwasher was not loaded. Now you have to hand wash and load the dishwasher because the sink needs to be empty. You lied about the dishes you lied about doing your work. You lied about why you didn't do your work. Whatever the lie was, now the consequence follows whatever you lied about. And we're going to have a discussion about how the lying did not help anything. Right, right. And I'll say, I mean, because I think, so for example here, when years ago, one of my kids dropped the iPad, right? Now, she wasn't messing around. She wasn't running around with it. But like we have rules to protect our valuables, right? But she wasn't, she was following the rules. But when she, the the iPad slipped out of her hand, it fell and it just, the way that that screen hit shattered, right? And she felt compelled to lie about it, about what had happened because she's like, "Uh, mom has all these rules so I don't break it and it still got broken. But the only consequence she had was, you have to wait until I have time and money to get this fixed. But there wasn't in that scenario, right? Because that's a defensive lie. No, it's a protective lie. Oh, man, I'm going <laughs> to to do some studying here. But in, I guess in the protective lies, I don't go to consequences because in those instances, it's more, there's more of an empathy and connection with them. And like, okay, it fell and it cracked and you feel bad about that. And it's okay to feel bad about that, but you're not in trouble for it. Because guess what? Like I dropped my phone a few weeks ago and I also smashed my screen. It happens. Like we all make mistakes sometimes. And I think that giving them that sort of like leveling with them, like, hey, everyone does this. And there is a difference between you throwing the iPad at the wall and the iPad slipping out of your lap. There is a difference and they're not going to be handled the same way. Yeah. For altruistic and protective lies, I do not default to consequence. Again, there may still be a consequence for whatever they were lying about, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times that's going to be a natural consequence. So for you with the iPad falling and breaking, the natural consequences, 
you don't have an iPad because more careful steps maybe could have been taken, but ultimately it was pretty much an accident. Mm-hmm. So, and you lied about it because you felt, and you nailed it before, you felt shame. Wait, I'm going to cut you off. I have to cut you off because I think I figured it out because I'm sitting here I, this whole time and I'm like, when have my kids defensive lied? Like you're saying you have these consequences and I'm like, when has this happened? I figured it out. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> years ago, right? We're doing the online school because of the pandemic. And my daughter, who is an above and beyond star student, right? Like she is just incredible performer academically. Every day, you know, I would check in with her throughout the day because she had the video chats. And I'd say, do you have all your assignments done? And she would say yes. And I would trust her. And then I got her progress report home. And her reading grade, which is like her top subject, okay? Okay, she is 11 and she's reading at a 12th grade level. Okay, it has always been this way for her. Her reading score, her reading writing was like failing. And I was like, what what has happened? She didn't do the assignments. And so we had a talk. I'm like, "What what did you do? Like, why didn't you do this? Well, I needed help, but I didn't know how to ask for help. So I didn't. But then you lied to me. Like, I was gonna find out, right? And so- that did have a consequence because then I had to have a meeting with her and her teacher to facilitate this communication because I had empathy for how this total different way of doing school was probably really hard for her and her communication style, but we needed to have a meeting and then she needed to make up all of those assignments. And so that became the priority for the next week was working on those for a certain amount of time a day before we had any sort of privilege after school to get caught back up. But that was definitely, I think, a defensive lie because she told me it was done when it wasn't. It was a compelled lie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I quit. I'm leaving. It was it was a compelled lie because she felt pressure to perform. Now, that pressure was entirely created by her and by the environment, which no one could help. So it wasn't teachers compelling the lie. It wasn't you compelling the lie. It it was everything, all of the above. She felt compelled to perform in a place that she was not primed to perform in. Mm -hmm. So when asked, did you do the thing you were supposed to do? Um, Yes, because I feel like that's the answer you want me to give, even though I need help and I don't know how to ask for help. And those consequences were, they were natural consequences. They were natural consequences. And and we started having to look over the assignments together every single day. Yeah. It was, it was a compelled lie. So, but that, (sighs) that's important to note. So, so far you've tried to define two as defensive lies, but really they were a different type of lie. So I wonder how many other people whose kids are, they're facing down this lying game that all kids play. I wonder how many people are feeling like, because defensive lies are the closest to malicious. Right. That's looking you in your eye with Oreo all over your face and going, I did not eat the Oreo. Yeah. Yeah. By the time baby number two comes, you feel superhuman. You totally have it all figured out. You got this. But then the reality sets in. It's more than twice the work and can sometimes feel like absolute chaos. It's obviously not always going to go right, but you'll take any opportunity to make it a little easier. The Honest Company has a new line of calming products for the whole family, so your little ones will go down easier and you can have a moment of honest relaxation. The Calm Collection is a line of dreamy and calming lavender products to help make you and your baby's bedtime routine smoother. 
They have lavender wipes to clean up sticky hands and messes, a calm lavender bath and body set that's both gentle enough for babies and soothing self-care for moms, lightweight lavender body oil to help wind down before bedtime, and fun purple printed pajamas made with 100% certified organic cotton. The sooner your little ones go to bed, the sooner you are able to relax. For a little while, anyway. Their Calm Lavender Collection is made with lavender essential oils that help calm babies before bed. And their super absorbent overnight diapers have up to 12 hours of leak protection. With a focus on sustainability and clean products, The Honest Company works with toxicologists at their in-house lab to create eco-friendly, safe, and effective products you can feel good using. Body products are naturally derived and designed for all skin types, while their diapers are made with plant-based materials that are ultra-soft and super absorbent. Good for your whole family? and your environment. Try Honest for yourself. Shop at Target, Amazon, Walmart, and Honest.com. Hydrating doesn't have to be boring. Splash Refresher spices it up by putting fun and hydration in one. Because as a mom, I already have my hands full. Splash Refreshers are delicious, bright, flavorful, and available in five craveable flavors. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and a splash of sweetness for a hydrating and delicious beverage you'll come back to again and again. My favorite flavor is the lemon. Uh, it really does taste like lemonade, so I'm getting hydrated, and it just feels like I'm drinking lemonade. Splash Refresher perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange, Splash Refresher is there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. There's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. They are delicious, bright, flavorful, and hydrating, and zero calories, so you can have fun flavored water without any guilt. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart, or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Maybe that's why I'm having a hard time finding a defensive lie situation because I don't think it happens very often in my house. And it's not because my kids are like superhumans that don't lie. Like I'm clearly telling you times they've lied. But I think part of it too is that they don't feel the need to be defensive as often. And I think that's an important thing to note because when I was a kid, I would hear, if you tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. But that was a lie. Yes. It was a lie. I was in trouble. I'd be in trouble yes. as soon as I told the truth. And be so in double like, trouble. It, yes. So like, if you tell the truth, you won't be in trouble. But that is a lie to get me to confess. And then I'm still going to get in trouble. So I got really good at lying because it was a defense mechanism. I know that the trouble I'm going to get in is going to be severe. So I am going to lie even when you tell me I'm not going to be in trouble. To try to minimize right. Because I want to avoid the bad thing. But with my kids... There are consequences, of course, but they're reasonable and it's we're communicating about it. And so they know when I say, listen, I need to know what happened because it involves your safety or my property or whatever the case may be. Like, let's talk about this. If you made a bad decision, we can figure that out. But I need to know what happened because I need to trust you, because if we can't trust each other, that is going to be really hard for all of us. Yes. Yes. And that's when, when I feel like parents are really struggling with lying, they're viewing all of them as defensive lies. They're lying because they want to hide stuff from me. They want to be, they're trying to be bad and get out of the consequences. And I don't think that's the case most of the time. Now, do small children absolutely defensively lie? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes they do. But more times than not, it's another version of lying. Sometimes they're trying to protect you. Oh, I spilled the water and I think mom's going to be mad and I don't want mom to be mad. So I'm going to lie about spilling the water. That's an altruistic lie. 
They were trying to protect you. Now, did it make it worse? Yes, but that's not because they were trying to make it worse. They were trying their best to practice empathy in the worst way possible. Right. And so that's like when I encounter a situation like that or like they colored on the wall because of the impulse control thing. I'm not going to scream and yell at you for it. I'm going to hand you a rag. Like, let's clean it up, dude. Like, that's the consequence. And then we're going to talk about why we shouldn't do that. Or maybe next time you go to pour your cup of milk, ask for help. And then we avoid this and then we can avoid the lie. And it's that constant communication and repeating it 74 times. Yeah. So ultimately, here's here's what I do when I'm confronted with lying. First and foremost, as with almost all things, regulate. Yes. Especially for me. I know lying is a trigger. So when I even sniff a hint of a lie coming out of a child's face hole, woosah, 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 regulate. Yeah. There's almost nothing that needs to be handled immediately as yeah. long as life, limb, and property are not at imminent risk of damage. Right. If it's, if it's not an emergency, we don't have to respond right away. No. We, we got time. Yeah. A lot of time. If you're elevated, you're going to have a way harder time figuring out why your child is lying. Yes. You have reached a point of, I don't know. I don't know why my child is lying. And if you can figure out what type of lie, and it's tricky. I get it. It's tricky. It takes practice. This is something that I was clued into in my very earliest stages of learning how to responsively parent Mm -hmm. when my daughter was like six or seven. She is now almost 16. This has been a decade of practice of me being able to look at a lie and identify what type it is. And that then influences how I address See, it. And, and that's the thing is that you have this whole categorical lie thing. And I know you and I often end up kind of butting heads in this type of scenario, not butting heads, but you are a very category driven person. You are yes. a label person. I'm not. And yeah. so if you don't want to spend the time figuring out which category you can do what I've always done, because I do a similar thing to Gwenna. I just don't, I don't have those definitions. Clearly I don't understand them. Well, <laughs> you were, you were impulsed into your type of parenting, I had to research every bit of mine. And that's totally valid. But that's for me, when a kid lies, my goal is I always ask myself, find the why behind the lie. Why are they lying? Find the I like that. Yeah. Find the find the why behind the lie because when they lie, there is a reason. Now I have just learned today that the reasons are in the categories that you have provided. But yeah. Without thinking to that extent about it, it was like situation based. Okay, they're lying Uh to me about this. What is the reason? Are they afraid of how I'm going to react? If so, what led them to that fear? Or is it because they're ashamed because they made a mistake? And do I need to help them fix their mistake while also telling them everyone makes mistakes and building that type of communication with them. But finding finding the why is how I've always operated. And it has helped me not get as frustrated with the lying because it, it happens. Yeah. When I accepted how often I lied as an adult, yeah, yeah that dress looks great. <laughs> uh, no, it tastes fine. I don't think it needs more salt. I I lie all the time, mostly to avoid conflict. And I'm very cautious. Like there was a time at which I told my child, we do not lie. Weirdly, unpopular opinion. I have now with only my oldest, not my littles, with only my oldest, I've shifted to sometimes we lie. 
I'm not at that conversation yet with my younger two. It's it's starting with my oldest, right? But my my middleest, I went to field day at the school. And my middleest is like me, very easily overstimulated, overwhelmed. Now at the beginning of field day, she was very excited. She's like, oh, we're gonna be outside. We're gonna do all these events. And about halfway through the day, I'm watching this mood fall. I am watching her shut in. And they get to the point of the tug of war and all the classes are screaming and they're cheering people on. And my daughter just starts sobbing, just sobbing. And I picked her up and I said, like, did you get hurt? Are you scared? And she's like, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just crying. And I'm like, okay, this is overstimulated. This is a problem. And her teacher looked at me. Her teacher's amazing, right? And she's like, she doesn't need to be here today. If, if she has hit her limit, you can just take her home. It's okay. And I, and I asked her, I said, do you want to go home? And she said, yeah, I want to go home. So we, we go home and I said to her, I said, if field day isn't your thing, it's okay. I said, next year we can just skip. I'll tell the school you're sick. And she goes, that would be lying. Yeah. Yep. It would. Yep, it sure would. It would be lying. She's like, we can't lie. You say we can't lie. You're right. I do say that. I will just tell them you won't be there if you don't want to go. You don't. That's okay. You're right. Because that is how often people lie is that that just seemed like a simple thing to say to my kid. And she recognized because of how often we have these conversations that she was like, Mom, what do you know? We can't we can't say that. That's lying. See, and with with my 15 year old, we're very much at the sometimes we lie. And I've gone a bit further and I've given her those categories. Sometimes we lie to preserve someone's feelings. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we lie to protect something that's happening. The most recent is I had to call my daughter into school because we had to go to the Department of Motor Vehicle to get her driver's permit. Well, that is not a reason to be excused from school. So we lied. Right, right. We gave them an excused reason to be excused from school. And they didn't ask questions. They didn't didn't do anything. But I was like, sometimes we lie. Yeah. And this in this case, it was a protective lie. Right, right. And I think that that's part of it too is that it is okay like we all accept that everyone lies but we're very triggered when our kids are doing it and I think shifting that perspective as to the why behind the lie really helps to process it and that was last last night even okay last night my daughter has this little lamp she's got this little lamp on her bedside table and it doesn't have a plug it's got like a switch on it and batteries and it is a rainbow neon light and it is bedtime okay it's like 9 30 at night She's in bed. I was like tidying my kitchen before I go to bed and I hear smash. I know where the smash came from. And I walk in her room and I notice that the rainbow light is not on the bedside table. And she is not looking at me when I walk in. And I said, did you just push that off the table? And she's like, no. And I'm like, that was an interesting no no like what what happened? And she kind of she didn't say anything yet. Right. It was a shift in the body language. And I said, bud, I said, I just want to know what happened. Like, I can fix it. I'm just, I heard a smash. Like, what happened? And she goes, well, I didn't push it, but I was just putting my finger on the top because there was like a, there was like a hole and I was just feeling, I was feeling the light and it fell. And I'm like, okay, like that was an accident. That's fine. I said, there's a difference between you accidentally pushing that off the table and you picking it up and chucking it out a wall. I said, I could fix it. I said, I'm not going to fix it right now. It is dark. Your sister's sleeping. I'm not going to find all the pieces to put it back together. I said, but next time, like, let's be more careful. And I said, I can fix it. It's okay. Like, you can tell me the truth about that. Like, we all drop things sometimes. But maybe if you want to mess with it and feel the texture of the lamp, like, maybe we should take it off of 
the table so that it doesn't fall, right? And just offering that to her. But it was like a narrowly missed lie because, because she told the truth. She didn't push it off the table, but she was hesitant to tell me what happened because she broke her lamp. Well, and I feel like there are times that as adults, we tend to ascribe very adult behaviors to very immature brains. And, and I, I don't, I don't call them immature because, you know, it, it's not a bad thing. They're just immature brains. That's childhood is maturing. So like, they're just kid brains. And so when we look at, oh, well, she almost lied. Well, yeah, because she was afraid of getting in trouble. Aren't you afraid of getting in trouble? Like, we are good at going, oh, I fucked up. I'm going to get in trouble. I don't want to be in trouble, but I'm going to be in trouble. Recently, I had an email that I was really stressed about. And so I didn't answer it for like a month. Because he was sitting there and I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm really nervous. But then eventually they like followed up for the third time. And I was like, I have to deal with this. So I responded and I was like, Sorry, this ended up in my spam. It Liar. Did, it didn't. I lied. Liar. <laughs> I lied. We all lie. Yeah, we all lie. It's fine. <laughs> I, I lied about the email. I, I answered it, though, and it was not as big a deal as I thought it was going to be. Myself included. I'm talking from a high horse of, I am also guilty of this. We get so triggered because we are expecting every lie our kids say to come out maliciously. Because in our experience, when we catch other adults in a lie, it is malicious. Yeah. And I think we are triggered by the hurt other people have caused us. And it's a bit of projection. And I think that your story through this is like an incredible thing because it is showing that as parents, we do get better at parenting. And I, I say you specifically because the lying from the beginning for me, that's just never been a trigger. There are other things that I'm sure we're going to get to <laughs> as the show goes on. But for me, this just was never, it was never as big a deal to me. And to hear how much effort you put into that, I think that shows how parenting works, that we are different people, right? Like we say, that's being a child is maturing. So is being an adult. Every every year we're growing and changing as people. And that's a, it's a net positive. And I'm not even lying to you about that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get to enjoying some time in the sun, but springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have seasonal allergies. My husband has seasonal allergies. So from about April till June. We all sound like this just constantly. This is what we sound like without Claritin. It helps so much with being able to enjoy springtime and outside without running a water faucet for a nose. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. 
Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. On the topic of we all lie, I want to play a game. Can we play a game? Because this has been this has been kind of a heavy episode. It has. Yeah, let's play a game. What is a game? Two truths and a lie. Oh man, I'm a bad liar. I want you to lie to me, Tori. <sighs> lie to me. Okay. All right. Do you want me to go first? Yes, do you want to go first? Go first. Go ahead. All right. Statement one: I accidentally dumped my child out of a shopping cart. All right. Statement two: I have never served my children Brussels sprouts. Okay. Statement three. I have to untangle my child from his blankets every morning. Which one's the lie? Two of those are true. Which one is the lie? Okay. Um, hmm. I'll repeat. I accidentally dumped my child out of a shopping cart. Okay. I have never served my child Brussels sprouts. Mm-hmm. I have to untangle my child from his blankets every morning. Okay. I feel like you are a very adventurous eater and your mm-hmm. children are as well. I know you and, and the girl child eat a lot of sushi together, mm-hmm. but everyone has a weird limit. And I think that you haven't fed your kids Brussels sprouts. That is the truth. I have never fed my kid Brussels sprouts. You were looking for the lie. Oh, I meant that was the lie. No, no. I got, con- oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, that was the truth. Hang on. Hang on. I played this game before you can tell. I don't have to untangle my child from his blankets. Okay. In fact, I have the opposite problem. <laughs> Is he a blanket thrower? He's a blanket thrower and then wakes up cold. Mm. So I have to walk in at like two o'clock in the morning, find his blankets in the pitch black. And make a nest. Yeah. I guess. He's do they have four year old sleep sacks? Probably. Get get the footy pajamas. They still make those. But then you still want a blanket over it, so Yeah, there's a comfort aspect. Okay. All right. I'm going to play the game right this time. Two truths and one lie. I can do this. Two truths and one lie. Okay. When I don't want to share my food with my kids, I don't say it's spicy. I say it's protein. Second, I accidentally made my kid terrified of bubble wrap. And third... When my kid started reading, instead of giving her a book, I gave her Pokemon Red on the Game Boy Color so she could practice reading. Okay. I know you, and this is hard because <laughs> they all feel on brand for you. Yeah. There's, got, there's like a 100% chance that your children are afraid of bubble wrap because I think you're afraid of bubble wrap. <laughs> But I'm going to say, I'm going to say the lie is the spicy protein thing. I don't think your kids know what protein is. No, that's, it's true. Because, really? Yeah. Cause I don't like meat a lot and I do, I, I drink a lot of protein drinks. I make a lot of protein snacks because yeah. I, I work out a lot. So, but my kids like spice because we have like a lot of hot sauces and we have kid level hot sauces. We use hot sauce on everything. And so if I say it's spicy, they're like, okay, can I have a glass of milk when I try it then? But you know what they don't like is the flavor of protein powder. 
They hate that. That's true. Yeah. Which is the lie then. The lie is the bubble wrap thing, actually. (laughs) They love bubble wrap. (laughs) But I'm right, though. I do feel like you, when they play with bubble wrap, you're over there like, Gently I don't. Twitching. I don't love bubble wrap. It's the it's the big air bubble mailers. You know the the yeah. big bubbles. If you step on that and it pops, hate that. They don't like that. That's fireworks for me. I don't like the sudden loud noise. It's like a balloon popping. I'm gonna hit the ground. But you know the the, the bubble wrap. It's fine. Oh, and there's our timer. Hey, that was this. We're ending on bubble wrap today. Yeah, okay. I guess so. I guess, in our fear or no fear of it. Am I lying? You'll never know. I'm not afraid of bubble wrap. <laughs> That's the truth. Okay. But here's the thing. We need to hear from you. We need you to send us your funny mom fail. We will be ranking our favorites and swapping our own mom fails in an upcoming episode. Email us at childproof at betches.com and you could be featured on Childproof. Be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram. I'm at Mama Cusses. They are at Tori Phantom. And definitely follow at Betches Moms as well. And so you don't miss an episode, be sure to subscribe to Childproof on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Don't forget to leave us a rating on Apple and Spotify. We love hearing from you. And remember, sometimes our kids are assholes. And sometimes it's us. Childproof is produced by Rebecca Salzmacat and Sean Kilby. Editing by Basilio Perez. Social media by Lauren Salome. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow us at at Betches Moms on Instagram and send us your email to moms at betches.com. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy, perfectly blending refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. Available in five craveable flavors, there's a flavor for everyone to enjoy. My favorite flavor is the lemon. The mandarin orange is my favorite flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.